0: You're listening to the Ones Ready podcast, a team of Air Force special operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience, as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now, here's your favorite CCT personality, JTAC extraordinaire, embracer of the ridiculous face, and like the shortest operator you'll ever meet, Peaches. Hey everybody! Welcome to the Ones Ready podcast. We're happy to have you in the team room, and thanks for joining us um, today. We've got a very special guest, a guy that I work with and have only recently met. In the last, I don't know, it's probably since March now, but um, but I think Trent and Ronaldo have known each other for quite some time. And Ronaldo actually has quite the um, quite the name for himself in combat control. Like I knew about him well before I even met him. So. Uh, Before we get on to him, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing, leaving reviews. Um, We really appreciate it. We're trying to engage with you guys a lot on Instagram and on email. However, I have probably been falling a little bit behind with that just because I've been busier than normal, but we'll get back to it. Um, Today, we've got one of our sponsors for you. It's Strikeforce Energy. It's a veteran-owned company. Uh, two of the guys, or the the two CEOs and founders, are um, prior Navy SEALs, or they're at least were in NSW. I think one was a SEAL and one was a SBS guy. So um, these packets—they're they're just small little packets. They're great for on-the-go energy. Throw them in your ruck, throw them in your gym bag, and you get some go juice. Just mix it with some water, um, and if you're bold enough, just rip rip it apart and and. Throw it straight in your mouth with no water. But uh, that's only for the brave. So <laughs> and if you guys do, go to strikeforceenergy.com, use the promo codes one ready, and it'll get you guys a good discount. And again, we don't get anything from it. It's just we're trying to support some of our friends and some of our, our local businesses uh, as they are succeeding in the world. So so like I mentioned before, today's guest is Ronaldo Miller. He's an active duty combat controller. And he's well known across the community. Um, he's been the numerous special tactics squadrons stateside and overseas.
1: And, and Renaldo, welcome. I appreciate it, Peaches. Uh, thanks, everybody. First of all, to Trent and Brian, thank you guys for having me on as well. Um, I, I do watch you guys, and uh, you keep me laughing all the time because <clears throat> as you talk about things and explain things to to people looking at uh, at the community from the outside, inside, or from the outside to the inside. It just, it makes me laugh because 100% true. Like these guys aren't making any of this stuff up. Appreciate it.
2: Man. Good <laughs> to, yeah, have glad you. to have you on.
1: Yeah. And yeah, Trent, so, good to see you again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll go back.
0: <laughs> cool. All right. So since we're talking about going way back, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself from when you came in or just before you came into the military to, you know, now.
1: All right. Yes, yeah, so a little story time. So I'm from Oklahoma. I'll let that sink in for a minute because usually people <laughs> are like, there's people in Oklahoma. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm from Oklahoma. Um, athlete played a, a few different sports, but um, mainly ran track cross country and then uh, wrestled growing up um, coming out of high school, actually had a, a track scholarship. So I went straight to college after, after high school ran for a little while. Um, uh, And then just got to the point where that wasn't feasible, a couple of injuries, whatever. So I decided I was going to join the military. I actually grew up near uh, Fort Seal in Oklahoma. So familiar with the military, got a lot of friends. Yeah, got a lot of friends uh, in the military. They chose to go in the Army for whatever reason. Probably the wrong one (laughs) uh, because they envy me all the time. But uh, (laughs) yeah, so I I decided to join the Air Force. And really, at that point, um, I just wanted to joined the Air Force, joined the military, get college paid for, finish college, and then go on about my business. So I planned on doing you know, one enlistment and, uh, and moving on. But after I uh, after joining, I just enjoyed service, enjoyed what I was doing, uh, and it wasn't combat control. So I did not start out as a combat controller. I was actually a, uh, a comms guy first, a comms guy for a couple of years uh, in Florida, Eglin Air Force Base. And then uh, after a couple of deployments as a comms guy, that's when I decided that I wanted to, to cross train and not because I didn't enjoy my job. I, I actually chose the job that I that I had and I, I managed to get the job that I wanted intentionally, um, but I just I wanted to do more. I wanted to do more with my service. Uh, so I started just kind of researching. Um, I was actually in high school getting recruited very heavily almost in a predatory manner by a, uh, a Marine, <laughs> 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 by a Marine recruiter. Like he was at my house all the time. It, it got really weird, but he'd buy me food and that's important when you're, you know, 16, 17 years old. So he's buying me food and hanging out with me and my parents. You were, get, so. you were getting groomed. That's all that was. <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, Cause more, I understand they don't get to eat. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, was, yeah, that's switch, yeah, that's it. Uh, but little did he know, I was just taking the food and had no plans on joining the Marines, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so air force, it was, um, uh, started looking at cross training. So I brought up the Marines because I had actually looked into like force recon and then I had looked at, uh, becoming an attack P I looked in that a little bit and, uh, my air force recruiter, when I initially enlisted, actually asked me if I wanted to, to be a PJ and he showed me a video of those guys, he jumping out of uh, helicopters into the water climbing up the side of ice covered mountains, stuff like that. And I was like, that's cool. No, uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's just, <laughs> see that video got
2: me. I don't know.
1: Did it? No, it was, the exact was a different opposite. one. <laughs> <laughs> exact opposite. I mean, it just like, that wasn't something that I, that I grew up thinking about, uh, doing anything like that. It just wasn't, you know, my thing. So I was like, no, I'm like, that's fine. I wanted to go do this comms job and that's what I want to do. Uh, but once I figured I wanted to do more with my service and really it was, so we've all deployed. So, uh, you see the, the conventional folks when there's like an IDF attack on base, what are all the conventional folks? Do they run to the bunkers, throw on their man. helmets, get scared for like two or three hours and, and wait for other people to do something yep. and, and the then they position. get the all clear. Yep. Yeah, that's it. So, you know, I was tired of the fetal position. It was making my back hurt. Uh, so I decided <laughs> I wanted to, to do something else and, you know, I watched, you know, the QRF leave the base and I'm like, man, what are, what are they going to go do? I didn't. I didn't get to see anything outside of that five. I was like, "So, what are they gonna do when I'm ready to leave?" So it just spiked my interest. Uh, And actually, combat control was the last thing that I looked at. I was active duty Air Force and did not know what combat control was. I was stationed at Eglin Air Force Base, which is right next to Herbert Field, and did not know what combat control was. That's where our recruiting efforts were at around that time. So this is a 2007, 2006, 2007. It's kind of when I was making that decision. So the recruiting efforts. As far as I knew, like they weren't there because I just had no idea what it was. Never, never seen a uh, Scarlet Prey, nothing like that. Um, But looked into it. That's crazy. Yeah. I tell people that all the time, like, man, I no idea. Like, I just kind of lucked up and came across the right YouTube video at the right time. And it kind of spiked my interest. Uh, Hmm. And (laughs) it was, it's not misleading because it is our our job. But I I watched some videos uh, that had more to do with like airfield reconnaissance. Uh, what we used to call AZRT, those kinds of missions. Um, I spent the first like eight years as a combat controller not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so, And uh, yeah, Trent, like you're familiar. Like it, that's just what we were doing at the time. Uh, we we're getting the right guys qualified as JTACs and we we're deploying six months on, six months off, just, just over and over again. So that's what I did um, coming into the combat control teams. Uh, but that's, that's not what I thought I was going to do. I thought I was going to be, Cammied up hiding in the bushes somewhere, you know, looking at airfields and, uh, controlling airplanes and then disappearing into the night. Uh, I've never done that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You've you've made other
3: stuff disappear though.
1: I have. Yes. A little bit of stuff, but, and it's been fun, man. I, like, I I don't regret it at all. Uh, it was just, it wasn't what I expected because, uh, I, I understood what attack P was. Uh, thought I understood what JTAC was. I didn't tie JTAC to combat control. Uh, so I was like, okay, that's an option like that. That looks pretty cool. It's just, uh, again, like growing up near the army, I knew that the P conventionally aligns with the army. I was like, that is not what I want to do. So that, <laughs> that it kind of self eliminated. And I was like, no, I don't I don't want to live with the army. Um, but shout out to all my Green Beret um, buddies out there. Cause I got a lot, I have a lot of them now. So
2: so going back to the training aspect of that i just want to touch on that i know you had a big track and running background and stuff and you're an athlete um did you know that there was going to be because the water is what takes out a lot of a lot of dudes the majority of the dudes when i was back in indoc um did you know that that was going to be a part of the training and going to pre-dive and all that because the controllers back then had a different pipeline than uh the pjs did but did you know that you were going to go into that and how'd you train for that
1: Uh, yeah, so I was aware, you know, I watched enough videos to kind of, uh, get a preview of what I thought the pipeline was going to, going to be like. And, uh, I knew that, so I, I could swim across the pool. (laughs) I could go to, I could go to a pool and have a good time and not worry about drowning, but no, like I'd never been on the swim team. Um, I had formal lessons, like as a, as a small child. So, so that was it. So, um, it was once I decided I wanted to cross train into combat control um i just had to take it upon myself i, I bought the book total immersion i went to the pool nice. uh, every day except for the days that it was closed like literally every day except for the days that it was closed and unfortunately there was a uh, eglin and herbert field that were closed on different days so i could go to the pool seven days a week i just had to pick which pool i was going to so uh, it, it just took a lot of drowning myself <laughs> to figure out how to swim and i was fortunate enough there was a uh a guy he's a former controller and he was a like a high school swim team coach. So I'd be in the pool drowning myself. And one day he just walked up and he was like, what are you doing, idiot? And I was like, oh, leave me alone. Leave <laughs> Please me alone, let me oh. help you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, leave me alone, <laughs> yeah, old man. I'm like, you're, you wouldn't understand. You're
0: going to drown.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. And, you know, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm doing something like you wouldn't know. And he's like, oh, it's funny because I used to be a controller. And then, so after I took my foot out of my mouth and begged him to, <laughs> to help me out a little bit, he did. So I got, I got a few pointers there. Um, I think we'll end up talking about this later, but I had a just a different philosophy on cross training and uh, just a different philosophy when it comes to a lot of goals. like like I said I was there at Eglin. Uh, I would go to the pool on herberfield I never talked to a controller or a PJ prior to going to the into the pipeline. Um, because and I, I tell people this that that ask me like, Oh, what should I work on before I go to the pipeline or you know what should I be doing or what's what's difficult in the pipeline? I don't want to sow a bad seed in somebody else's mind. So don't ask me what was hard for me because it doesn't mean that it's going to be hard for you. Um, So I I didn't want anybody else to tell me what was hard for them. And then I show up and they're like, oh, yeah, they said we're going to do a million push push-ups." Like, I'm not going to make it. I didn't want to hear somebody else's horror story. So I just never asked. And like to me, like that's that's super important. That's that's part of that self-confidence. Like, I don't care what was hard or what was easy for anybody else because everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just never asked, uh, and I did start to see guys at the pool uh, that were, you know, working out or whatever. I, I just didn't talk to them. Like, that's that's not what they were there for, and I wasn't there to pick up tips or anything. Like I, I felt like I didn't need them. I knew myself. I knew I could run. I knew I could do a decent amount of push-ups. Whatever I wasn't comfortable doing, that's what I worked on. I didn't have a training program, and I probably just cost somebody a million dollars that are running like <laughs> these programs, but I just didn't. I did whatever I felt like I needed to do, and and that was it
2: well, I actually do some programs, but
1: sorry i don't make anywhere near <laughs> I don't make anywhere
2: near what you're what you're talking about off of those and that's really um, like what you were saying before is going to the pool and then just every single day you know I get emails from guys that are like i wasn't able to swim twenty five meters without having to stop, and now they can swim two thousand meters or four thousand meters without yeah. but it's it's really not. Um, you know, the program helps and it helps you do things that you're not really going to be exposed to otherwise, cause you can only do what you know or research. Um, but once you go in there, like you said, seven days a week, get in that pool and face it, that's really where the, the hard work is facing those things that you're weak at and just exposing yourself to it. So you build up that mental callus against those things that you really just don't want to do. Cause nobody wants to go wake up and be in a cold pool. And especially if you are not good at being in the pool so yeah good on on you and those guys out there you know obviously make sure you learn from that and don't dismiss the old guys that are trying to help you (laughs) i I say that i say that too um you know go find a a dude that knows what he's doing and looks like he knows what he's doing he's going to help you at least a little bit take their two cents yeah
1: absolutely who was that controller uh give me a second i'll I'll think of his name uh Ah. because he actually he actually went to (laughs) i Yeah, i'm getting old too like we talked about this at work man mm-hmm. i like i have a hard time remembering anything Hence, like i have a notebook with me right now because i'll forget this whole <laughs> thing ever happened uh caster his last name is caster huh so he's like gulf war like he's a little bit okay. a, a lot old. older even older than you peaches i know there's a lot of jokes about well, you I, I don't that's know that's if <laughs> He's taller than you.
0: Well, but... You know, when I'm posting these pictures, everybody's like, "Good God, dude how <laughs> how old are you?" <laughs> Man, yeah, like, pre- I guess I look good for my
3: age now, but geez, it's like pre CNN. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you know, I want to ask you now. Like, you're like, I don't want to tell anybody my horror stories. So I'm just sitting over here, and the only thing that's in my brain right now is, so what was hard in the pipeline? Tell me your horror stories, like. I have to know now, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean,
1: like fair enough, like fair question. Um, what was difficult like on the the water, like the water is difficult for to almost everyone, uh, for different reasons. So like I mentioned, like I just, I wasn't a swimmer. Like I wouldn't even say that I could technically swim prior to me wanting to, uh, to cross train. Um, so like that was the, the source of a lot of anxiety was the, the pool sessions. Um, everything else. I mean, I, I managed my expectations for, you know, like my performance and, and what to expect going into the pipeline. Like I knew that part of it is reaching failure and then it's really what you do after you reach failure. So I had already told myself like, Hey, on a daily basis, like even though I'm an athlete and I have this expectation of myself as, as an athlete, like I'm going to hit failure. Um, as an athlete, I spent a lot of time competing though. <clears throat> so even in the pipeline, uh with and, and not even in like a malicious way like i'm looking around at my teammates and i'm like all right like if i'm getting tired somebody in here is way worse off than i am because i am i'm not the worst athlete here so man we're banging out pushups, we're doing lunges we're like we're doing whatever and as i start to hit that fatigue point like i just look around and i get a little source of energy out of seeing somebody else's pain face like and and that's <laughs> the, the 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 honest truth man like you have to compete with yourself and like i don't look at him and say anything to him like, hey man, go ahead and quit so we can do something else. Like I said, it's, it's not malicious, but but like it, just that source of oh uh, like a little reassur- reassurance that it's okay for me to be tired right now. I'm not I'm not the only one. And uh and you know just finding that extra gear. Uh but yeah the the water like I when I initially took the pass test, um I had probably swam like my first full 500 meters like a week or two before that. Like that's all I was waiting on. Once I decided that I was going to cross train, I knew that I was going to be a combat controller. I know you guys just talked to me about misconceptions a week or so ago. And like, I, I didn't say that to be cocky. It's just, it's a self-confidence thing. Like I, and I believe that you have to feel that way about yourself. If you're going to take on uh, one of these oh, t- yeah, you t- gotta types gotta of challenges, be- you got to
0: believe you're going to make it. Yeah.
1: and You so got to if- believe that you're going to make it. I couldn't even swim yet. And I already knew that I was going to make it. <clears throat> and so uh, I just swam my first 500 meters, like, Again, like a, a couple weeks before, uh, before I had um, prior to that, and then I took the full pass test. The rest of it, I knew that I was already comfortable with, and and you know my scores were where I wanted them to be. Uh, and then that was it. Like there was a little bit of delay waiting to, for medical clearance and all that stuff since I was a cross training. Um, but once I passed that pass test, it was it was go time. And like I was terrible at it, like dragging my legs to the water even at selection. <laughs> I was like one of the last dudes to get out of the pool. And they're like, What happened? Like you just crushed all this other stuff and then you just just watched you splash around in the pool and almost not make it. <laughs> like, yeah, that's fine. I'll I'll pick up on that part later. Yeah. But I, I knew what it was because you know, it's like swimming is different than water confidence. We all know that. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you have a guy that could swim, you know, 500 meters in seven minutes uh and then you put a weight belt on him and do weird stuff to him and he'll be crying and hold on to the side
3: of the pool so two different things yeah did uh did, did you have any like a uh, coaches or cadre that recognized that you're a, a very strong candidate and tried to help you along or were they just like you know drown till you make it bro <laughs> uh
1: i think and i haven't been an instructor so uh, you might be able to tell me a, uh, a little bit better than you know what i remember I don't think anyone like necessarily went out of their way to help me. I think people, there was a few, uh, that recognized. I don't know if I should name drop, but a few that, that recognized like some potential. So maybe an extra comment, maybe like a small, like, and not even in like a nice way that you would think like if I saw a kid out on the street. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Obviously not being nice to me. Oh, and say, but you know, just an extra comment. Then it's like, all right, like at least I know they're paying attention to me. I'm not just a number or name on the t-shirt that's cool they see that I'm trying uh, so there was a few uh, chief Humphreys, he's retired now but he is a uh, he actually pulled me aside during selection and talked to me for a few minutes and then I saw him a little bit later in the pipeline um, and so like those words meant a lot because you know I knew he had been around for a long time and uh, just to have somebody you know give me that extra little push was, was cool but no like nobody was giving out any bennies. like that's not allowed so <laughs> you know? yeah, if anything like i, I got heckled quite a bit (laughs) but that's that's just part of the game so
0: since you didn't really uh since you're not like one of the new recruits coming in um and you're a cross trainee is there anything in the your training regime and I know you didn't really have a a program or a plan is there anything that you wish that you had hit like you'd were I know for me I wish I had rucked because I didn't know what rucking was and I wish I had worked on my grip strength. That would have been huge for me. Um, whereas everything else I was, I was decent at, Yeah. but it, it seems like it changes for everybody. And I know, I know swimming you were struggling with, but are there some other points that you wish you had hit better?
1: Yeah. Like, you know, like I said, I, I probably could have swam more and uh, waited longer to get myself more prepared, but I just, uh, it, it was just time. Like I, I couldn't wait any longer. And I don't know. Apparently, I made the right cho- choice because there I am right now. But um, like you said, rucking. So going to selection, I think I may have rucked once or twice because there was actually a guy in my unit um, that I cross trained out of that had gone to, gone into the pipeline and failed out. He came back from ATC school before I'd even gone to selection, and uh, so. I was introduced to horror stories that I, that I didn't even want. Cause then he came back. He was like, Hey man, he's like, you shouldn't even go. They're going to try to kill you. Like all the stuff you hear, you know, <laughs> online, he's like, they try to drown me, blah, blah. And it's funny because like one of the agency instructors ended up being one of my supervisors and he mer- remembered him and he's like, that's, that's not what happened. The guy just, just quit. Like it got hard and he quit. And I was like, it figures. Uh, so, but again, like using that as motivation I would come back from like selection and be like, Hey man, I don't know what you're talking about. It really wasn't that bad. I'm lying to him. Obviously <laughs> I'm like, no, I really wasn't that bad. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. We just kind of talked about what we wanted to do for two weeks and then I left. Uh, but <laughs> rucking, <laughs> I, I probably should have rucked more because that selection, I got broke off. Uh, like no lie there. I just, it's different muscles. I knew I could run, you know, I knew I could carry a little bit of weight or whatever, but, uh, once we started rucking and, and then like you see this guy, this other NCO, cause I was an NCO as well and he takes off and like, you got your ruck on your best passing around a rock or two or whatever. And you're like, this, this is not fun at all. And how is he doing that? And he's just up there just, just getting after it. And it's, it's crazy how your body makes that transition. Now uh, I ruck like every other week now, just, just to do it. So I can feel like I'm cool, but it's, 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 it's pretty uh, interesting how your body is adjust, just adjust to that. And now I can just throw on a ruck and just go do it because after years of doing it, you know, you get the shin pain or whatever, and you just keep marching through it, and then it just goes away. Not that day, not those days. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty tough.
0: It's funny the the, the whole mental aspect of it because yeah. I bringing it back to one of your stories you had. Um, you know, I, I am also the same. I I wouldn't say I get pleasure out of it, but seeing somebody there is something to be said about being in a communal suck suckfest mm-hmm. where you know, everybody is, is hurting everybody. Mm-hmm. There's not a single person that's not hurting, but it, it does a couple things. things. It, it helps bond you to all of those guys. It also helps kind of do a, do a self-assessment. Okay. Like I know I'm hurting, but for that, if there can be one guy, especially for like you, and and this is a lot of times what we expect out of our cross trainees and our officers, not necessarily our brand new airmen that are coming in, but we want that person to, and I'm going to be careful about saying this, especially for, for Trent and Brian, but there is something to be said for false motivation as in, Hey, you are just getting crushed right now. And, just one guy if he can say something funny or if he can make an ass out of himself or something like that to get everybody to get out of that mindset of oh my gosh we're we're just getting crushed and we're dying to hey look at that that's you know advert our attention so i think there's something to be said about that and hitting on another mental note that you talked about you said that rucking, you do it twice a week but you knew that you could do it once you, once you got to a certain point that you could do it. You're like, well, I can I can not ruck for three or four years and then throw a ruck on and move out. That's right. A lot of times, like I could say the same thing about going and doing a half marathon. Just, you know, you need me to strap up and go on and do it right now. Okay. It's going to hurt because I haven't trained for it, but I know that I can do it because I've done it before. Yeah. So there's that mental thing. It's that that impossible, if you will. Being able to push that off, I think is huge.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> and then you just, so taking like the false motivation uh, kind of scenario, like if you apply that and and replace that with uh, a task, you know, you're out operating, like, you know, I'm talking past the pipeline, like you're an operator now, you're deployed and you're out doing something and you get fatigued. But if you can think about the task that you have in front of you and forget about the fatigue, push that off later, you can get tired later and continue to operate. And keep your mental capacity uh, um about you like that's what it's about like that's what that's one of the things that you gain from the pipeline is pushing through that keeping your wits about you staying on task and completing your task and uh and, and that transfers perfectly to to operational relevance
3: yeah i, I know i always tell students i'm like walking <laughs> never really gets easy you just are able to quiet parts your brain down you know mm-hmm. just like you guys yeah. are talking about like it just doesn't matter. It's like I got to put the ruck on. I got to do the distance. I got to do the time. And in the beginning, your brain is like super active and screaming at you. And it's like everything hurts. Like this is stupid. Why are we doing this? And, you know, you get used to it. And now, you know, you throw on a ruck and your brain's just like you beat your brain into submission. It's like, fine, let's do this. Yep. It's, it, whatever. <laughs> it just doesn't matter that much anymore. Yeah.
2: I think false motivation is better than no motivation, going back to what you were saying, Peach. Because, you know, you'd see these dudes that are just crushed on the side of the pool, and you can see that they're just not even paying attention to anyone else or anything else that's going on around you. But those dudes that, like you were saying, you did, were looking around, and they're like, this guy's crying over here. This guy (laughs) just peed on himself and pooped in the pool. Like, I got this. I'm still with it enough to, like, look around and realize that I could take a sip of water, realize that, you know, and. 30 minutes or whatever i'm gonna get a snack so let's just stick with it and see what happens so keeping that false motivation and like you said just in the middle of a suck fest say who team wake up let's go let's get after this because sooner or later the day's going to end the event's going to end and we're going to get a chance to you know do whatever take a sip of water go to the bathroom something at some point as As long as it's not cheerleading
3: just keep the cheerleading out of
1: it okay yeah Yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah
0: not
1: that yeah. I
0: definitely say can't smoke me, Sergeant.
2: Yeah, that,
1: you definitely should say that. <laughs> no, that can't should be on the rock. back of your t-shirts yeah. if you can get it on there in yeah. time. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, show up with that on your t-shirt. It'll be a good day. <laughs> yep. All right. So just going back into you know future self, what you were thinking it was going to be like um, throughout the pipeline, and then mm-hmm. as a CCT. Were all those, you know, that vision that you had in your head, did it kind of match up with real life and what you've experienced over the past couple of decades? Uh,
1: so for the pipeline, uh, for the most part, yeah, it's it, it somewhat matched up because you can watch just about any, any services, special operations, pipeline type of videos, and see some of the same stuff, you know, out getting muddy, getting sandy, carrying boats, carrying logs, all that good stuff. So expected that. Um, I think that what some people don't, necessarily prepare themselves for is the classroom ATC for us combat controllers. And you yeah, got four months of classroom and it's uh it's probably one of the more difficult um <coughs> tech schools uh in the Air Force. And like I I just people don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. Like we lost a couple of people due to the academics of at ATC. And then same thing in Combat control school, it's its own separate school. But like you spend time in the classroom, like there are things that you have to learn. You can be smart or I'm sorry, you can be strong. You can be fast. uh, But a part of you still needs to be smart enough to pick this stuff up. You can't (laughs) be dumb. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, You're just not allowed to be dumb. Uh, And (laughs) so I I think that that part, like I, I just, even though I was prior service, like I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about, like what ATC school was going to involve or, you know, the things that I was going to learn in, uh, in combat control school. Um, one additional thing I guess that I missed that I, I kind of had an issue with, um, in training was land nav. Cause I didn't come from, like, I'd never, I'd never gone hunting mm-hmm. before growing up. Yeah. So I, I spent some time out on, you know, some friends farms or whatever. I lived in, in a city, so I didn't have a farm I lived in a neighborhood. I didn't ride a horse. Yes. I'm from Oklahoma. Don't ride horses. <laughs> misconceptions i should have been on the misconceptions <laughs> episode but uh, <laughs> uh I, so like I, I just didn't spend a lot of time doing like that type of outdoorsy type stuff so like my first time learning to read maps and learning mgrs and lat long and all that stuff was was at combat control school and then they dump you out in the woods for you know a week or whatever and you're out there with a the map and no friends <laughs> and just walking <laughs> around so yeah i got i got lost and then I just go back to I could run, so that's why I passed because I could run. I spent a lot of <laughs> a lot of time running, um, so yeah, that was one of those things that I just I just wasn't prepared for. Didn't even didn't even think about it. So if you haven't already, go pick up a map somewhere, figure out how to read it, figure out what those things in the legend are, you know, to, just all that stuff. Just that's funny right
2: because we get a lot of or I get a lot of questions. You know, dudes that are coming to the PJ pop on. They're like, should I go to paramedic school first before? I come to the pipeline. I'm like, no, just let the air force pay for your paramedic school. Yeah. Maybe you can do like med terminology or something like that. But ATC school, I'm sure there's lots of dudes that are thinking in their head right now. Like, should I start, you know, buy, <laughs> buy an app and do that little, like, you know, land the planes quicker thing or whatever.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, you that's you exactly what that's <laughs> like. Yeah. Or at least try to, and it's weird. I call it the JTAC walk features. You might call it something else. But when you got a guy in the MQT, uh, in JTAC and like you're just standing out there talking to him before the airplanes show up and as soon as the first plane shows up he turns around and walks away and starts walking and talking yeah. the JTAC walk so learn learn how to uh, talk and stand still like I don't know why that's hard for people to do <laughs> <laughs> but yeah learn how to talk and stand that still is, and you'll that, be fine
0: <laughs> that is definitely that is definitely a thing yeah I, I I swear that that's why when JTACs get shot that's why they get shot because they're just kind of in their own world, yep. and they think that everything everything that's happening outside of of the peltors, they're just walking around, and then all of a sudden, there's rounds flying, and and the ODA or the seals are sitting there going like, "What is this dude doing? Yeah, like, what, yeah. why are you just standing up walking around?"
1: <laughs> that's got to be it. But yeah. yeah,
0: I can only I can only imagine the uh, the questions we're gonna like get now in terms no. of. ATC because we do get people that are concerned about the academic portion, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. the diaphysics, the the um, ATC, the medical portion. I don't know. I mean, everybody's got their own struggle bus that they yeah. they hop on. But I definitely wouldn't go try to be a qualified, you know, FAA certified ATC before coming in, or being a, a full IDMT or a, or paramedic before coming in. I wouldn't do any of that.
1: Yeah. So what I would add to it then is what i meant by that is um just take it seriously when it comes up like don't just solely focus on you know we have this pt session the smoke session or whatever like take the class time seriously like sit there absorb that information because you're going to need it um i know i said that there's a a part of you know our common control mission set that i haven't done much and like that that's even that speaks even more to the fact that i need to know this and i need to know where to go back and look for that information and refresh myself before i step out the door jump out of a plane jump out of a car or whatever to go do that so yeah like I say that to just say like take the academic portion just as seriously as you do your push-ups pull-ups setups and all that good stuff
2: yeah I think a lot of dudes end up you know getting through selection they're like I've made it Everyone says that I've made it and there's no way that they're going to kick me out. But yeah, just like you said, I tell dudes the same thing. Like you go home every night and you study for three hours because this is your whole thing right now. The Air Force is paying you to get through this school and you and you have this whole, you know, however many resources around your instructors, your buddies, like use that, figure it out because this is what you got to do in order to make it. And that's all you got to do right now. Yeah, definitely. So going back to the career field type of stuff, do you think uh, there was the old bait and switch like you were talking about with the Marines, like you're trying (laughs) to sell you something that wasn't, or once you got into the actual career field, was it, you know, what you thought it was going to be?
1: No, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, but um, I'd I'd have to like take some of that on myself because again, like I said, I I didn't talk to anybody intentionally because I explained that already. I didn't really talk to anybody. I relied on, you know, what uh recruiting type videos i could find on youtube and a lot of them were just old um there's the, the video that like i said the guys can up sneaking through the woods and then they come across a an airfield that's on eglin range i know it because i've seen it too many times and then they control aircraft from the wood line and they leave i'm like all right well i want to do something like that you know i'm out there depending on myself me and my small team you know we're supposed to be unseen unheard do our mission and then leave uh so that's what i thought i was getting into and really was not aware that combat control was playing such a major role in the uh in the soft JTAG realm until i was in the pipeline and you start to meet instructors and they start to talk about what they're doing so throughout the pipeline i kind of picked up on you know what i would more than likely end up doing and that's exactly what i ended up doing uh, i got to my team at the 23 sts and uh shortly after i was in uh jtac training mqt to become a JTAC and then very shortly after that, I was deployed as a JTAC So, <laughs> literally, like two weeks later, the commander was like, "Hey, you're going on this rotation out of cycle." And then two weeks after that, I was on a train up, and then I was gone. So it went fast.
3: You came back with like your brand new certificate, and he was like, <laughs> "Well, bye." Yeah, that's basically <laughs> it. He's like, "You should probably try
1: try to you know grow a little scruff or something," and I can't, so. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, I know. Same boat. You yeah. see You probably can't even see it right now, but there's hair on my face right now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this is like, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> memorable moments, right? <clears throat> and we talk about it in the, the pipeline and the career fields tend to, to to have some of these like we talk about the suck fests that we end up looking back at as like some of the best times of our life or or just super memorable things. Uh, does anything stick out from like your pipeline or or maybe uh, deployment um, that like just fun stories or or things that maybe people wouldn't see as as a, a positive memorable memory, uh, but is to you? I'm not sure if you caught caught any of that. Did I freeze up? Nope, I got you. Yeah, I caught all of it. Um,
1: as far as the pipeline goes, man, there they, there's a million different times, and it depends on you know we're sitting around the team room where we're talking and and we start to tell those stories. Like there's a mini or a million, you know, small funny moments. Like, if I had to pick anything out in the pipeline, I mean, it's gross, but we're like running at ATC and we're like in mile four of undetermined uh, mileage on this run, and one guy just goes, "Who y'all sergeant? I have to use the bathroom," and then the the cadre just goes, "Why are you telling me?" (laughs) and keeps running, and so we're (laughs) like not even on the base, and this guy's in the formation with us running. We're jodying. and then he just starts to creep to the back and like he took it upon himself to just relieve himself in formation. So he had to stay in the back. It was probably a good tactic because he never touched, the, he never touched the rock again because we, we couldn't let him get in front of us because it was disgusting. But uh, yeah, he ran the, the, the last few miles like that with extra weight in his <laughs> Uh Yeah. Like I said, it was gross, but I remember, I'll never forget it. Same thing in the pool. I mean, you remember like dudes will get ready to pass out and lose control of their bodily functions and exactly let one go (laughs) did that dude make it uh he did yeah he did he made i mean at that point at that point you have to make it he finished the run and ran immediately to the (laughs) locker room and and wouldn't clean himself up had to throw his shoes away uh but yeah he completed the entire pipeline uh he's on team for a while uh i mean he's he had a like a string of bad luck he's one of the guys that the uh Uh, Never mind. But anyway. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he made it.
0: Still trying to keep this anonymous for him. Yes. (laughs) Poor guy.
1: Yes. (laughs) Uh, He's off doing something else now, though. So that's good. Uh, But, yeah, really, really good guy, good operator. Um, But on teams, along the same lines, and Trent, like, we spent, you know, some years uh, at the 2-3 together, and I'm pretty sure that, like, even whether it's within the team room or out on the range somewhere, there's, there's some, some funny things like on my personal deployments. Um, I don't know, man, like, uh, no, no thousand yards there or anything, but like, I just kind of forget about some of that stuff to be honest. Um, and that's, that's probably for like a, a different topic, but compartmentalization I'm not there anymore. So I don't really think about it that much to be honest. And it's not like, I don't have that I know of, any uh lasting like mental reservations about it but no, well, i just don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about my deployments now that i'm now that i'm not deployed and i have this handy dandy notebook instead of a radio and a gun so <laughs> yeah. and it's dangerous too it's lethal <laughs> oh it is yeah you, if you catch me right now and i'm looking at you you're probably in trouble <laughs> <laughs> But uh, keep note of that as we work together. <laughs> I just write down smiley faces all day long. We're in the office; <laughs> 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 yeah. it doesn't have any windows. But what I do remember about um, like being a younger operator is the opportunity to um, to work out. Because <laughs> like where we work right now, there's there's not even windows. <laughs> like how depressing is that? So the opportunity to you know take some time to yourself throughout a throughout a regular day at work if you want to call it that and just skip down to the gym get a second third workout whatever it is but being able to do that uh, you, or you know grab a couple people and go out and do something competitive uh, something fun some kind of bonding moment i remember a lot of those uh in between like smoking people for doing just ridiculous things uh that happened a lot at the two three as well uh
3: all across the community but those those yeah. sandbags <laughs> don't get up to the top of the tower by themselves i don't know uh, Someone's right. got to take them up there.
1: Somebody's got to take them out there. Somebody's got to fill them up one by one at the bottom. <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody out there that sees me on this right now. And they're going to be like, I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to apologize. I think that's, probably a,
0: that's across the board. I yeah. guarantee
1: it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize because I, in my mind, I helped you become better at something, whether it's filling sandbags or operating. But <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
0: well, you you kind of brought it up. You know, we work together now in a a windowless office. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is which is always fun, missing that vitamin D. But uh, you said something a couple of days ago, actually, that I wanted to bring up on here, and because as I enjoy jumping, I enjoy skydiving, I enjoy <laughs> diving, I, nearly everything that we do. But you actually said the other day that you'd be okay if you could, if you never jumped again, because you don't enjoy it, you don't like it. Um, You'd much rather be diving and stuff like that, which is interesting since, you know, you struggled in the water at the beginning at swimming, but that's cool that you're all into diving now. But how, like, what is it about jumping that you don't like? And how do you overcome that when you're sitting on a ramp or not sitting, you're standing on a ramp, you got dudes behind you, you're all you know, equipment, everything, and you're staring out into blackness because we're doing a night jump. How do you get over that?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I do remember that conversation. Um, it's just that it, I don't enjoy jumping. Uh, it, it's not a like a fear of heights or anything. Uh, I actually do enjoy watching other people that are afraid of heights. Like, uh, I think we're probably all rope masters or rappel masters or whatever. You ever take uh, a, a stick of dudes up on the rappel tower and watch them just lips turn blue, start shaking and sweating. I don't know what it is about the tower. It's a lot easier out of an aircraft, but people get scared on the tower. Like I enjoy watching people get a little nervous on the tower, <laughs> but, uh, it's not a, it's not a fear thing. I don't like military parachuting operations. That's what it is. Uh, we're probably all jump masters. Um, so the jump operation for the jumper starts that day. It starts the jump brief or whenever you decide to do the jump brief, For a jump master, it starts like three days before that. You're doing air crew coordination. Mm -hmm. You're coordinating with the head shed, doing ORMs, all the other stuff. Uh, And, like, I don't physically have to do all this. You know, I can have an assistant jump master do some of it. Uh, But, you know, the jump operation starts way before you actually uh, get on the aircraft for the jump master. Like, that's what I don't enjoy. Uh, Because everybody else is lollygagging, hanging around or whatever. You know, we're doing calculations. I'm not an ATAC expert. So yeah, I'm doing calculations on a piece of paper (laughs) (laughs) and and doing all that and that madness. Uh, that's what I don't enjoy. And then you do all of that for multiple days and then you go jump and that whole thing lasts like eight minutes. I mean, unless you count the the flight in or whatever. So I did all that. And we, we jumped once that day, took eight minutes, took shoots back and then that's it. Um, what I, whenever we do workups, like when we're going to jump, you know, like 30, 40 times within a week, absolutely love it. Cause it's dedicated to that. The rhythm starts to flow. Um, all those things that just kind of pop up on you. Cause you know, as a jump master and as whatever, as a uh, troop chief team sergeant type, uh, if you're doing a single one-off jump at the squadron, the rest of the stuff doesn't stop. So now I'm trying to plan this jump and then I'm also attending the staff meeting. I'm also helping guys out with EPRs. If it's that time of the year, I'm also doing whatever else whatever whatever else normal daily squadron operations are, and then I'm planning this jump. That's what I don't like. Uh the the actual jump. If I was just going to, you know, go back in time and just be a nug jumper and just show up, throw my throw my rig on and go jump, I'd have a good time. Or like I said, if we we're dedicated to doing that, whenever we're dedicated to jumping, I enjoy it. But uh, right now I'm not gonna do a workup because we work in a windowless office, not doing operator type, <laughs> type things. So it's not going to happen. Uh, so, but I, I, I do genuinely enjoy diving. Diving is fun to me. Uh, I've been in Florida most of my career, uh, intentionally <laughs> as much as I, as much as I could help it. But, uh, like I, I just enjoy diving and maybe it, it does spawn from, you know, the, the amount of effort I had to put into, uh, becoming dive qualified, making it through, uh, through pre-dive twice. Like I'm not ashamed to say it. I had to, had to go through there twice. That's all right. just made me a little bit better. Um, and then earning that, that dive, bub- dive bubble. So, uh, and maybe it, it comes from that. And, but I am a, a fair weather diver. <laughs> like, I'm not, <laughs> not going to Iceland and dip my toes in the water. I like the Gulf. <laughs> when the water's like 75, 80 degrees, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like it's, it's just relaxing. Like I like being out here on the beach. Uh, but. So that's, that's awesome. Of, that you, that's the reason yeah. why.
2: Yeah. That's awesome that you're able to just, like you said, turn one of your weaknesses, and then now it's like your most comfortable zone that you're in. Just in the water is your your happy place now. So that's yeah, awesome that you're able. So I guess kind of on that same vein, um, talking about setting goals and all that stuff. Obviously, that was one of your goals that you had set out from the start. Is like I want to be comfortable in the water. I'm tired of this thing kicking my butt. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna just make it happen. So what would you say to those guys that you know kind of have that same fear, whether it's they're scared of, uh, you know, ATC now, or they're scared of the water or there's whatever, um, they're trying to set their five-year type of goal. What would you say to those guys and what strategy did you use to make yourself overcome the fears and all that stuff?
1: Really, for me, it was a uh, repetition. of uh, just spending that time in the water. Like I said, up to seven days a week in the water and, you know, being there was success for me. So I didn't measure it on, man, I didn't make that 50 meter underwater today. Like that didn't matter to me. Like that wasn't the expectation. My expectation was getting there and, and getting some quality, safe work out of it. I do want to emphasize out on that. Like I don't want mm-hmm. people going out, tying themselves up and throwing themselves in, in a pool somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. So stay safe if you're going to go out and do do any type of aquatic training. But yeah, just a repetition like and get myself more comfortable. And, you know, maybe this week I made it 20 meters on an underwater, I'm like that's that's fine. That, that doesn't qualify me to do anything, but I was okay with that. because I wasn't at that point. And then maybe next week I, I touched the wall and I make that full 25 and just incremental improvements. And even if, I mean, expect a, a setback day, because maybe I ran six miles a day before, so my lungs are a little fried, so I'm, I'm just not gonna make it as far today. I'm like, that's fine. But just managing expectations of what it comes down to and, and knowing yourself, knowing your body, Like I said, I had just completed like my first 500 meter before I took the, the pass test, but I knew that, all right, I've met that mark. Now I can go out and do it again and I can do it again. And each time I'm going to do it, I'm going to get better at it. Um,
2: Yeah. I think that's huge. Like don't expect a 20% increase in your time or decrease in your time for running or whatever the next day or the next week. It's that 1% that you do better every single day and you figure out whether you know changing your shoes out is going to help you out or just doing it and you know stretching a little bit more the night before the day after you're feeling like you're just not doing so well but just that one percent better every single day and slow increments and what happens whenever you fall down and you suck at something you get back up and that's what's really going to make the biggest difference mentally because you're building that callous mentally and trying to go on so what about um you know cross training just kind of going back to some of this because i know we're going to get some questions we always have a lot of guys that are trying to cross train um did you have any advice for those guys that are trying to go in because i know you know now we have to go through a phase two enlisted phase two and then when you get on teams you know in selection you're going to be expected to somewhat lead and be a person that all the other airmen that just came in are kind of looking up to so you have any tips for those guys
1: yeah, uh, so I, I guess the, the pipeline is slightly different uh, now, just the way you phase through the pipeline as you as you uh, begin it. But um, so I was a cross trainee I think there were five or six other cross trainees like on my selection team, and then throughout uh, throughout the majority of the pipeline. Uh, but yeah, like expect to be a leader, but just understand that you're a student also, and like there's a there's a balance there uh find those things or you know talk to the cadre like ask for expectations it's just like now and whatever your job is if you're going to cross train you sit down and you get feedback from your supervisor and you get expectations get expectations from your from the instructor from the cadre like what do you expect me to lead in and then also just like now if you're a supervisor now talk to the guys that you're working with about those expectations like the things that you're responsible for so that they can help you be successful Uh, Because these are the rest of the guys going to be airmen coming from basic training. They understand the military, uh, but they're also, some of them are like brand new first time outside of, you know, their house or their hometown. And there, there's some free time there. Uh, You are starting to build up a lot of confidence going through the pipeline. And so managing attitudes, expectations, and really just bringing that team together. Uh, Because I think Peaches, I think you, you mentioned it earlier uh, that, the amount of suck that you go through in the pipeline, like all those guys that made it through the pipeline with me, like I I don't necessarily talk to them every day or whatever, but when we see each other, like it's always a smile and a hug, a, like a strong bro hug because we went through that together. And the same thing with uh, guys that I've deployed with that are in other services. If I run into them, man, like we're running up to each other. We're giving each other a hug. We're asking about each other's family. Um, so in a way, you know, the, the way you lead will help cement that as well, um, that that bond that you're going to build because um, again, like you're leading, but you're also following at the same time. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's why I, that's why I said it, because I feel that same way whenever I haven't seen um, some of the dudes, you know, whether it's Brandon or Nate or somebody like that, yeah. it could be, and I, I know I'm saying their names and nobody knows who I'm talking about, except for you I guys, <laughs> but, but, but you know, it's, it's just I could not talk to them or not see them for five years or more. And then we, we start back right where we left off. It's yeah. an amazing bond. And I, I mean, I'll,
1: it'll be that way for life. Yep, absolutely. And like I said, it, yeah. it, it, it's, not <clears throat> it's not service specific. There are SEALs that I've deployed with that uh, I run into every once in a while. And same thing, there's, there's plenty of Green Berets that I've deployed with and the you know, same thing. So it, it's not service or ST community specific. Like it's just people that you go through those types of trials and tribulations together with uh,
3: you form that bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ask them how the book is coming along. If it's a seal, is that, <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> I usually don't say anything and then I let them start to tell me a bud story and then
3: I cut them off. So. <laughs> <That was> yeah. <play. laughs> <laughs> So kind of in the in the same vein that the customary last question, we have a bunch of listeners out there uh, grinding every day, trying to get in the pipeline, um, you know, and, and we, we ask everybody because, you know, everybody's advice is a little bit different and, and everybody's viewpoint is a little bit different. So hopefully, uh, you know, we can get everybody the, the advice that works for them. But, yeah. you know, what's overall, you know, big Sarge wisdom, those people out there grinding, <laughs> trying to get in, uh, what would you say to them?
1: Um, So like, I I just want to offer a a different perspective that I don't hear people talk about much, and I've already mentioned it. So just knowing yourself, uh, because again, like the uh, training programs, they're good. They they really are good. They do help people kind of reach a a level of comfort. What worked for me um, was just knowing myself, knowing myself mentally and physically, and uh, just understanding what willpower is and how much you have. Um, around that same time, I had also just randomly decided, mm, I'm not going to drink alcohol. Just see if I could. I went five years without drinking alcohol, <clears throat> just to just for you know to, to test my willpower. I, I had my first drink at the end of that five years uh, at Combat Control School graduation. So I went all the way through the pipeline up to that point without drinking alcohol, uh, and re- literally just because internally I said I just want to see if I can do this. Uh, and it's almost the same thing when I decided that I wanted to cross train. I decided I want to, and then I decided that I was, I was going to make it. Um, so for me, I, I'll go back to, <clears throat> excuse me, i go back to how I, I just, uh, I chose not to seek advice from anybody else. And again, like I'm not telling everyone not to, I'm just saying this, this is what worked for me because I, I had a, a very high belief in myself and what was going to be difficult for me was just going to be difficult for me. Nothing anyone said to me was going to change that. And what was difficult for somebody else didn't necessarily mean that it was going to be difficult for me. And so I didn't even need to know what, you know, what Trent had a problem with going through the pipeline or what Pete just didn't like about his instructors. Like I just didn't need to know. Um, so that was kind of my take on, you know, how I, how I chose to attack uh, the pipeline. And then lastly, was an understanding that the, the pipeline, and maybe I just had this perspective because I was already in the military, that the pipeline was just a piece of it. Like I, I don't, I don't tell pipeline stories now because like it was, it's, it's such a small piece of like what I've done over the, the last decade, plus 14 years, whatever it is. Uh, like, it's such a small piece of that. Like it was, it was the doorway. Like I just walked through that doorway and I've been in this massive building of opportunities and meeting new people and doing new things ever since then. So that, yeah, the, the pipeline was just a doorway, kick it in and then keep moving. <laughs>
0: That's it. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, unless you got any last little nuggets of information, I'll, uh, I'll wrap us out.
1: No, I don't think so. Cause I don't really think I'm that smart. So <laughs> I didn't, I didn't think of anything <laughs> prolific to say or anything like that. But again, I want to thank you guys for having me on and give me the opportunity to ramble for a little bit <laughs> and to lock That's my kids right, out but- of the room. Like I'm literally locked in this room <laughs> kids out there running around and stuff. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, we won't keep you. Nope. Uh so thanks for joining us, Dave. We really appreciate it. Yeah, you me. know, it it's pretty awesome here and you share your experiences and your insight into the pipeline and then also operationally. Um but, I mean, because these things are critical in to building a, a picture or a good picture or painting or whatever you want to allude to, but um of what the pipeline's going to be like, what the career is going to be like, what you know, whether they do four years, six years or 20 or so on for yeah. some of us. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I can, I knew I could fit in one more old guy joke. Yep. I haven't gotten a short joke yet, but, um, maybe I'll, I still got a little bit of time. <laughs> so maybe I'll do that.
1: <laughs> Actually. Yeah. I, I but, do have one more thing. Like if, uh, any of your, uh, viewers out there, if you see me somewhere, like, come talk to me. Like I, i walk around base anyways, talking to people. Um, if you appear to be a highly motivated person or whatever, like I'll, I'll probably stop and and talk to you no matter what your job is. If you're motivated at doing that, I'll probably stop and talk to you and see if you're interested in not even in combat control, PJ South or excuse me, SR or tech B. Like I will just talk (laughs) to you about different opportunities. Like if you're standing at a desk or whatever, like, Hey, have you ever thought of becoming a pilot or whatever? I, I, I enjoy being able to open up people's minds and just allow them to think about options. Um, and then one last plug, just because this is, uh something that's, that's going on across the United States, we'll, we'll call it that, or maybe even across the world. Uh, but, uh, I do I think that our ranks need to be more diverse? No. And I know that might be a controversial answer. Do I think they need to No. Do I think they could? Yeah. Because like I said, I didn't grow up hunting and grow up with some of the, the typical backgrounds that you might think of someone that goes in this off. Like i We didn't own any guns. I own a bunch of them now, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you know, my, my parents, like we just didn't grow up in that kind of background, but something about my military service kind of led me to where I am now. And like that just speaks to me about, you know, just opening up opportunities and like having kind of that open-mindedness to try something different. So no type of forced diversity, nothing like that, but could our ranks be more diverse? Sure. Because I mean, you guys have been around long enough. I'm one of, whatever you could throw out a random number that fits <laughs> on both of your hands and that's probably it <laughs> and but I, like i'm okay with that because like i just i stumbled upon this opportunity like i explained earlier and so like i walk around and i talk to all airmen everyone about you know different opportunities so i do want to throw that out there anybody wants to come in and talk to me if you see me around or whatever come holler at your boy
0: Awesome. That's what it's about it. is being yep. approachable yep. and you're definitely approachable after, after meeting you and when well, I've known you since the beginning of March now, yep. so you're definitely a, an approachable dude. So we appreciate that. Cool, man. No, I appreciate it,
1: Peaches. Uh,
0: and it, you know, you went from a, a high school athlete to, uh, you know, a non-swimmer jumping in the pool, self-taught, didn't want any advice from anybody else. Just hard-headed, <laughs> just
1: straight hard-headed. Yeah,
0: <laughs> which could be good could be bad. Yeah. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but either way, you didn't seek out any kind of information or anything like that. Um, I think you brought up a good point of paying attention to academics. Like, is it what gets most people? No, it's not, but it's still hard enough or mo- difficult enough that you need to not scoff it off and you need to pay attention to it. You need to study in the evenings, you know, or yeah. whenever you're not. Um, Rucking more, you wished you had rucked more. I am also in that same boat. So, <laughs> and then uh, I'd like to cover that we think false motivation is better than no motivation, which is definitely a saying, and it's something that we used when I was at Indoc
1: mm-hmm.
0: when right. it was Indoc. So, yeah, it is. It is true. So, yeah. again, thanks for joining us and for the audience. Thanks for tuning in, and listening, subscribe, leave us a review, whether it's good or bad, whatever we'll take it. I've got thick skin um and then make sure you visit all of our sponsors that we've got Alpha brew eberly stock strikeforce Force energy hoist and out of Red Pomades, and promo code one ready one's ready and you guys will get a discount thanks for joining us go out there and train hard and earn each breath
1: but well, it's